In this era of grave spiritual crisis, it is not enough to simply know about your Catholic faith. That is why we need a Catholic toolbox to equip us with the practical skills necessary to live our Catholic faith to reach our ultimate goal, which is heaven for all eternity. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Join us every Tuesday night at 8pm for the Catholic Toolbox as we hand you the tools to go forth, live the faith and change our modern world today. Live on The Voice of Charity. And welcome back to another week on the Catholic Toolbox, the art of practical Catholicism. I'm your host and founder, George Manasseh, here as we equip you with practical solutions to live your Catholic faith in our modern world of today. And I hope everyone's enjoying their Mardi Gras today or... Fat Tuesday. Fat Tuesday. I think we struck everybody a little bit. Yeah. But uh, the day before Lent for most of the Universal Church, actually. Mm. Yes. So I think uh, we're pretty full after our... (laughs) The meal we just Oh had. my gosh, we've rolled out of dinner. We've literally become the yes. dinner rolls. That's why I have so much energy. I mean, I just just stuff myself with food. You know? Yeah, you're very excited tonight. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah, exactly. So big <laughs> shout out to Sam. Thanks for preparing the Thanks, dinner. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Is watching here. Um, so tonight's topic uh, is very dear to our hearts as we prepare for marriage. We're, we're giving an update on the commentary on marriage prep. Yeah. Yeah, discussing marriage prep, how marriage <clears throat> prep is going for us uh, as we prepare to receive the sacrament of marriage. Yeah. And specifically, uh, our thoughts and our feedback for other people who may be on the journey hmm. in, in so far as what we've experienced. Yeah, because there's a lot of people getting married this year. Um, I think we have so many weddings to go to. Yeah, I think, um, I think because of COVID-19, what's yeah. happened is, you know, weddings, have st- everything's been delayed and now it's just mm. pouring in yeah. last year's. I mean, there's so many weddings this year, so I understand that there's a lot of couples kind of going through the same thing with us. But maybe this is the first time there's like a podcast series on people getting married or, you know, and going through it. So, you know, I know you guys might be counting down to my wedding or our wedding. And I'm like, yeah, like everyone's like the time, like it will fly. And I feel completely opposite. I feel like it's going so slow. Yeah. But that's just me. So, anyway. I, I really, so I think, you know, our monthly episode will be, you know, leading up to the wedding, basically marriage prep. Yeah. Talking more about marriage prep, that, that'll be our topic for, you know, a whole series that we're continuing through with Akita every single month. So, marriage prep is on the agenda with Akita every month. Yeah, how exciting. So, uh, we're up to uh, class two. Yeah, for our marriage For our marriage series. prep, personally, um, yes. Yeah, with the priest who's conducting that for us, which yep. is very exciting. Yep. Um, so, you know, that's it's been very unique to have the experience that we ha- we're having, um, but it's very special as well. So if you can get marriage prep with a priest who's a good friend of yours or... Someone who know, knows you personally. Yeah, it's so good. Well, Maybe sometimes... 
maybe if they're a sibling who's a priest or something, maybe not too close because sometimes people who are a little bit close like your family someone may may direct you a little bit with a little bit of bias or might be awkward <laughs> might be awkward yeah. but someone who definitely knows you because someone with some background information helps to cater to your situation mm. because again marriage prep is for you it's mm. not just a course that you're learning about yeah it's for you and your spouse it it's it should be custom yeah for for, for the both of you and in my experience so far, I mean, it's, it's been very theological. Mm. We've um, we've studied uh, deep into the theology of what the what marriage is, a little bit into canon law and how and the nullities of marriage. I know I kept asking too many questions about uh, about canon law. If someone we always, married, we always goes over. We always go over time. Um, but anyway, it's all in good one. It's very interesting. It really shows how much uh, the earthly law about marriage is very important. Mm. The, the, the canon law, the earthly law. And I devoted one chapter uh, in my book, The Art of Practical Catholicism. And if you haven't got a chance to get a copy of my book, The Art of Practical Catholicism, be sure to do so. So click the link in the caption below and you, it will take you and you can purchase through Perusia Press, who's published the book. So you can go to perusiamedia.com or you can go to any Catholic bookstore around Sydney or uh, anywhere in Australia or internationally and get your copy of The Art of Practical Catholicism. It's also on uh, Booktopia, Amazon, eBay. So you can get it online so, or just type in The Art of Practical Catholicism. Literally where you, wherever you can buy anything, it's there. Yes, so. The Art of Practical Catholicism. Yeah. Get, a, get a copy. So going back to the book, mm-hmm. The Art of Practical Catholicism, also the motto of the show, I devoted one chapter to canon law because I think it's very important to understand yeah, uh, earthly law that governs the church is basically uh, uh, the means by which the the actual ritualistic means by which we get the graces of the sacrament. Mm. Like if you actually, uh, what's interesting, if you don't use the the correct formula of the exchange of vows, that mm. can invalidate your wedding. Yeah, your your marriage. Yeah. If if the priest wants to be creative, which in my experience I have experienced, and lift his hand <laughs> and say, you know, Jesus forgives you. Yeah. Instead of ego to absolve in nomina patris et filet spirit sancti, or the, I absolve you or from the your sins. example in, vac- in the vernacular, or the in the vernacular, yeah. I absolve. If it's you don't formula. use formulas, yeah. So you do need to, or, or let's say even baptism, yeah. Ego to absolve. I absolve you. No, sorry. Ego, <laughs> ego to baptizo. Yeah. <laughs> I, I jumped too far to yeah, confession. Too excited there. Ego to baptizo in nomina patris. Yeah. Uh, so I so there's certain formulas to receive sacraments, yeah, and they need to be done correctly, or they can invalidate. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even God, uh, what's bound on earth is bound in heaven. God looks upon these formulas mm. with validity and reverence and strictness to bring about that sacrament. Absolutely. So it's in, it was interesting about canon law and just understanding, you know, nullity and, uh, mm. and processes. It really shows that. Uh, even the faith needs earthly governance. Yeah. Because that's the means by which we know it. Because we're human. We're still bound by the laws of the universe. We need that earthly governance. Mm. Yeah. So what really stood out to you in our marriage prep course so far? I feel like we're getting very different things from the marriage prep course. Yeah. Um, but I guess we put them together and, hey, we're a couple. Um, yeah. See, so the things that... What stood out to me? Kind <laughs> 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 of law, rituals... <laughs> the laws and everything, whereas I'm here there thinking go, how beautiful thing. marriage is and yeah, you exactly, know the, the, yeah. the different graces that you acquire um, within the sacrament. And like when Father John explained it to us, I was, 
and he was like who do you think administers marriage to you the priest each other and I was like well it's the priest and then I was like I'm wrong and you know the fact that you do administer it to your partner and that's what makes it so special I mean what other sacrament can you rely on your spouse to do that for you absolutely not well unless unless it's like a deacon or something but um you know, in baptism, it's a priest. In Holy Communion, it's a priest. Um, in marriage, it's you to the other. And how, how beautiful is that? And it's just, there's such a beautiful mystery to it, but there's also um, something that's so, so interesting and so um, mysterious. Um, and it's, it's just beautiful how the church, you know, has, ra- has wrapped this around around its structure um and which is where you come in where you like the laws and the different rules and (laughs) what's valid and what's invalid but you know all of these things to me point to what makes the what makes it beautiful because yes exactly the graces like the things that you would not get when you're if you're not married you know in the in the catholic faith you know, there's, sacramentally married, yes. There's different things that you acquire and, you know, even the fact that the structure of our wedding day, it's going to be, you know, you get married and then you have the mass and you do that. So you have the nuptials before. You might want to explain to our listeners a little bit about what happens in the extra order from the Roman or the so, Latin mass. Yeah, so the structure of our um, wedding day, it's going to be the Latin mass um, with a few cultural things thrown in there and... The beautiful thing about the Latin Mass is, well, you have the option of getting married before you you do the Mass. So yeah, so the, the, you exchange the your vows, um, and then the first thing you do as a married couple is you attend Mass together. And I, when I first saw that at one of our friends' weddings, I was like, wow! Like no one explained it to me, but I realized that's the first thing you do as a married couple, and you go to Mass, and just how gorgeous is that? Um, but in order for the blessings of the marriage that the priest bestows upon you, you actually have to go to Mass. So some people will be like, oh, so why do we have to sit through this two-hour liturgy? Um, for, for me, I, I appreciate <laughs> it, but for people who might not oh, see geez. it in that way, they'll be like, but why do you still have to sit through a two-hour liturgy? Because the blessings that are bestowed upon you within the wedding are not valid until the Mass has, um, has gone through. So, you know, it's, um, it's pieced together so beautifully, so cohesively, um, which, you know, how, how, what a beautiful way to start your marriage, you know, to start your life together. The first thing you do as a married couple is go to Mass. So for me, that was the beauty of why I was very attracted to a Latin Mass wedding. And some people might disagree with me in that sense um that's okay if you're getting married and you want something else it's your wedding so you do what you want and so you know george and i have chosen to do what we want and to um to really focus on our lord on the day of the wedding um and hopefully that does translate through to everyone who is there and yeah i really do think uh, there's something different about objectively speaking i think hands down about an extraordinary form. When when people who are used to the new rite or the Novus Ordo at the moment in the church come to the extraordinary form of the Roman rite, mm. they see something different. They see the bishop or priest facing, you know, ad orientum. Mm. They see, you know, Latin reverence. There's no contemporary music. They There's a different sense of awe. Yeah. 
it's just, I don't know what it is. It's just so beautiful. And it's kind of like... It might help to renew people's faith. Yeah. And that's well, what we aim to do for people you, who are not practicing Catholics. Yeah. Or not... Uh, at the, uh, who, haven't been, who haven't been exposed to the Latin Mass. Even. Hopefully it will but not like, solve all the problems, but maybe yeah. give a new fresh introduction to Catholicism. We're there to celebrate the wedding, but not yes. to solve people's problems on the day. Sorry. But, <laughs> maybe, but perhaps people can look at the extra from and appreciate it anew. Mm. Appreciate the Catholic faith anew yeah. through a different rite. Yeah. Which in so many stories I've heard of, mm. people coming back to the Catholic where seeing the Latin Mass or stumbling by accident into a Latin Mass have mm. helped them look at them, look at our faith and say, wow, this is something different. We're not used to this. Is this Catholic? <laughs> and they realize, yes, yeah. it is Catholic. Yeah. Why is it so different? I mean, when and then they start asking questions. And then they learn the theology as a result of the ritual, the yeah. Lex Orandi, Lex Credendi. Yeah. So, like, when we first started going to Latin Mass, we didn't understand it either ourselves. You know, I remember, I recall when George was telling me about his experience and he said he was very confused and he was like, oh, it's already a consecration. You know what I mean? Um, and for me, I was kind of like, I didn't even know Latin masses existed um, until a friend introduced me to them. And then George and I kind of became deeper friends because we went to Latin mass together. So in a sense, there's a sentimentality linked to it, but at the center of it and I cannot deny that it is our Lord who brings us there and and this is why we appreciate it so much and you know it is I don't know I just <laughs> I love it so much and it's so gorgeous and you know it's not only because it's theatrical or it's the music is gorgeous and it's profound but it's it really honors our Lord so highly and so beautifully and i think that's the difference with the latin mass and we just really want to bring that to our wedding day yeah exactly yeah so marriage prep let's talk about three practical tools for those yeah uh, uh, consider who those are on uh, we, you know we're just beating a little bit by the journey yeah um those were beating, yeah, into the journey, and mm -hmm. uh, maybe because uh, I'm not beating anyone. Everyone's going through their journey, let's but say they time might, wise. but they might not have experienced this yet. Or exactly. So we're on marriage prep already, and they're thinking they about where to go. Yeah, but or they haven't considered this yet, or they haven't thought it, or nobody's yeah. told. Because I'm getting a lot of people, you know, friends. A lot of people are actually getting married. Yeah, a lot of so fair many. few people are actually getting married. I, mean, I think we have like six weddings. To six weddings. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just power. It's yeah. just powered through this year so people asking me look where are you going to marriage prep mm. and everything and i'm sort of giving them advice where based on my experience so far yeah. where to go how to prepare, what's the best a way lot, to prepare well a lot of people who i've spoken to have encountered smart loving yeah so that's like the online version of marriage prep and they do a good program but for you and me that's not the one we're doing yeah um because we were advised by the person marrying us to go to this priest who happens to be your spiritual director, which made it a lot easier. No, knew me personally. Yeah, so you've been speaking with Father and John. knows fairly a little bit. Uh, for many you years. fairly a little bit. He's been, yeah, he's been on the radio show. So Father John, yeah. Yeah, he's been on the radio show. There's many Father Johns out there, but, um, <laughs> you know, he's been on the radio. Right where to conceal it. Just say Father John. <laughs> There's so many Father Johns. It's not even funny. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he, he's he been a very good spiritual mentor to you. Um, and For 11 years, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he's got so many writings out there that's just very impressive. And approved by EWTN and yeah. all the EWTN. And, 
But, you know, super humble person and super lovely and very busy. His schedule is tight. Like, we have to be in there on time and we have to get out on time as well. Yeah, you know? exactly. And that's you have three, four people lining up. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I missed out 10 minutes. Yeah. One time. <laughs> yeah. Somebody had to go in front of me. Another person had to go in front of me. I went in and then he had another person after yeah, me. So, you, you, know, you kick it off schedule. He He's a very busy man. <laughs> yeah. And um, God bless him for all the wonderful work he does. And, you know, thank God he was even able to give us the privilege of, be, of being out our guide to prepare us for our marriage so yeah i mean the whole marriage prep thing like as much as it is um theologically theologically spiritually um mentally and physically it there's also physical aspects to it that you got to consider so you've done something over the last two months since i was last here so what have you accomplished since december um, of course, after releasing the book. So you've got many accomplishments under your Which belt. Which one? <laughs> but, you know, the one, uh, where you, the one where you got an apartment and you moved, moved out. out and, yeah. yeah. So tell, why don't you tell people about that experience? Oh, that, that, I think that's a great experience so far that, um, yeah, I decided, look, uh, I've been living at home for so many years uh, with my parents, you know, since I was born. <laughs> <laughs> Since I was born, I was living at home and uh, up till now, I'm yeah. 25 years old, turning 26 in March. Mm. So I've been living at home and uh, it's been a great privilege to live with my parents and have, you know, as a typical son of Lebanese migrants, have everything done for you, you know, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, food cooked, uh, you know, it was it's sort of like I was living in a service department, yeah, you know, absolutely. <laughs> every single day, you know, meal cooked, uh, you know, my clothes, uh, dirty clothes disappeared yeah. out of my room for some reason. <laughs> you know, everything is done. It was, it was great to live at home with my yeah. parents and uh, uh, spend a lot of time with them uh, over the years. And uh, But, you know, I decided, you know, leading up till uh, June, end of June, you know, when, when our wedding is, you know, to move out a little bit early so I can get, you know, about four and a half to five months on my own. Mm. Just, uh, just um, preparing myself spiritually and, uh, you know, in cooking my uh, own food, um, preparing, uh, you know, washing my own clothes, doing my own errands. Yeah. So and doing everything I normally do. So over the past three to four years, you know, I started doing my own thing. You know, I was pretty much independent except for cooking, cleaning, washing. Yeah, uh, okay. So all those little, <laughs> l- uh, little things. But yeah. now, you know, I've found, a, I've found you know, a way... Uh, into that so yeah. usually mondays i do all my errands you know all in one go and uh, and uh, and so, you've that, got, that's so been you, good. you've got a good routine happening so it's a good routine but i yeah. think it's good for me uh, um so that's just on the outer end yeah you know just uh, getting used to doing my own stuff and living yeah. alone but i think it's good for me to prepare uh, um on that character level of relying on myself mm-hmm. at all times you know there's no one to wake you up or there's no person looking above your shoulder yeah. your parents you've become self-sufficient it's basically. a little bit self-sufficient yeah. it's a bit of my sort of personal yeah. marriage prep on that level mm. and uh, spiritually obviously continuing the same thing same routine um and uh, and you know getting used to you know where you'll be moving in after we get married yeah so, so i think it's a good thing for me I, it's been a great experience so far it's the third week the strategy is that you've set up the place and by the time after we get married it's all good to go. It's all good to go. It's already yeah. good to go. There's no, much. like, because when you moved out and uh, and w- we were all helping, like, 
I could see that it was very stressful on different levels. So、mm. it was the stress of bringing things over, but then you there was there was probably and... also that emotional stress upon you and your family, where like because you're not living there anymore.、Mm. So obviously that would have kind of made it, you know. That changed, so there was that change that you guys had to factor in now, and、mm. you had to adjust to that. And so, you know, after after we get married, that's another change. And I think、mm. if we did all of that the week after, it would have just been very overwhelming. Yeah, see, that's the thing, really. Just uh, uh, that's why I, you know, took the decision to sort of step out early. You know, incur that little bit of it. It's not such a big change, really. I mean, you're living, in, you know, only ten minutes away from your parents. Yeah. I still get to see them twice a week now.、Um, yeah, in regular contact. So it's not too much of a difference because I was usually out all the time. I had、mm. appointments, I had meetings. We have the radio show. I have things.、Yeah. I have commitments, even though I was、yeah. living at home. So it's sort of like almost the same exposure, just a little bit less exposure to my parents、yeah. on that logistical level. But it's just great. Just no one cleaning up for you. Exactly, and I enjoy. That's why I'm a man of systems. When you create、okay. systems, your life becomes、yeah. effortless. You're very logistic. You know, if you know Mondays is you know errands, like every, you get everything done it, there and then.、Uh, if you know, you know, <laughs> Thursdays week prep, this、mm. prep, it, it works harmoniously. So、mm. I think those secular, earthly, you know, errands and things to do. Balancing your life is a good preparation for marriage. Yeah. Because people don't look at logistics. Everyone just looks、no. at spiritual often as marriage prep. But there's also logistical, financial,、oh, yeah. and I think、uh, logistical、um, everyday, you know, errands, things that you got to work out together. Yeah. And understand. So I know that the Smart Loving course that I mentioned before that has a lot of that included in it because it's run by lay people. Exactly, and that's the benefit. Yeah. When it's run by、that's、lay people who are married, right? Yeah, exactly. Like you don't want somebody who's single running a marriage prep. You know, you want people who are married、mm. knowing how to run that. But just the, to end, the on, priests are married to the church. That's the difference. Exactly. Yes, you know, that's their spouse. Yes, and、uh, just to end on the note for me moving out personally, it's been great. It's my third week now. I mean, I've finally settled in.、Uh, so、okay. <laughs> it's not too much of a change, you know, from family, but it's a little bit、yeah. of a change because、yeah. you know you're on, you know, you come out. But it's it's nice. I'm enjoying、yeah. it. And、uh, it's good that I got this little adjustment out of the way. Yeah, absolutely. Apartments ready. Everything's the same as it would be. You know, you moving in,、mm. and、uh, because you don't want all that radical change to happen once you get married, you move out. It's、oh, like、yeah. a, it's intense. We just we we took that little bit of a change, me moving out、mm. on that logistical level, out of the way. It's、mm. already there, and now、yeah. we just focus on the marriage part. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so which is good. I'm which enjoying. Which really,、it. which really frees you up. I think mentally and、um, because hey, I already al- moved out.、Anyway. It really allows you to just focus on the important things. I already moved out anyway. I'm、yeah. living on my own. There's not much of a change so, on that logistical level. Like in a way, it's now spiritual. Everyone who asks us, "Hey, when's your wedding?" Um, it's coming up soon, and then like the different comments you get, "Oh, time's gonna fly by so quickly," and then. Um, have you got everything prepared? And I'm like, yeah, we're pretty much just waiting for the day, you know. And the table. So, yeah. So, <laughs> I feel like people usually might not be, you know, as logistic as the way we are, and we think very methodically, and we're not. There's other people. I met many people. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. know. But like a lot of weddings, people get very emotional when they choose different things for their wedding, like.、Oh, The, the cards have to be like this color. The flowers have to be this color, and it's a disaster. And it's, you know, very emotionally, it's a hurdle for a lot of brides. From what I've、like、seen,、that. I think it's a great portion of that stress 
is due to with anything in life is due to disorganization. Yeah, but when you don't have systems, when you don't plan things methodically, it creates mm. stress in every yeah. area of your life. Like let's say errands. If I was to do my washing here, cleaning here, here all over the week, I'd be stressed. You know, I'm yeah. thinking about this, this, this. But if you just leave it into one space, yeah, but that's it you. Takes that stress. People don't work like you. And then when you have kids, it's different as well. Exactly. But, so, but you try to adjust as much as you can. But what I'm trying to say here, situation. no, but what I'm trying to say here is when you plan your wedding, you know, don't get too emotional about the little nitty gritty details. And that's right. Yeah. Just. Plan like literally, it's an event, and the way that you and I have been thinking about it, it's just an event. Like you know, I work, I run events all the time, and it's kind of like, well, what do I need here? What do I need that? What do I need here? What do I need that? And mm. it's just, you know, having that m- mental kind of way of thinking. Like get a get a free, get one of those free templates from Google. You know, exactly, and do and, do it methodically. It and, takes the stress out. Yeah, it really does. You know, things add up all the time and like things you're... But if you get track list, of it a little bit better, it takes that stress out You know, out your to-do it. list will never end, but you have to stay on top of it. And I think, you know, that's what we like. And so now I feel... That's why I feel like, you know, we've got four months left and it still feels like a long time away. But um, to pe- other people, they're like, oh, it's going to go quick. To, to us now, and be- it's beautiful now that Lent is starting tomorrow yeah. with Ash Wednesday. Which is good. It's going to keep you... You and me it's, busy. It's now. Uh, it's good that we got all those logistical. Like we planned the wedding last year it was long planned, you know, liturgically mm. and everything. But and now you know moved out, so I'm settled. And now yeah. I can just feel like I can just focus spiritually. Yeah. On that spiritual, intense spiritual preparation. Yeah. In the desert with our Lord. Yeah. So that's how that's how I feel. Exactly. You know? So this Lent is the way for us to also prepare to get married, and so. Even the Lenten penances, like I've tried to choose my Lenten penance to kind of match up into the transition into getting married. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of me just giving up like chocolate, um, no, I've chosen to give up fast food. So it helps me to think, no, you shouldn't just buy food if you're hungry. You should learn how to make it. And, you know, this is something that will help us in our married life together. I hope. That's, no. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah. uh, look, I think for me, a little bit of a focus is, yeah, spiritual life, yeah, increasing, you know, spiritual, mm. uh, my spiritual routine and uh, and obviously cutting back on me. And uh, I think you're cutting down some weight a little bit mm. during Lent because... Yeah. Uh, you're one of those, huh? Your physical, <laughs> I mean, your physical health does help you, you know, with... Uh, progressing in life, uh, achieving more things, having Absolutely, more energy to yeah. do more. Yeah. Um, and I think for me is evangelizing a bit more in the workplace. And I think I'm doing that quite well, you know, with the conversations every second day, a couple of days about the faith. And and it's funny when there's so many lapsed Catholics around you and you're mm. talking about the Catholic faith. It's I think it's funny because they wonder, <laughs> they wonder, you know, is this the same religion? Mm. How come I'm not on the same level? Yeah. Really, it's like it's a whole different religion. Like, you know, with why, why is you, maybe it's like, why is your experience so much more positive compared to what they had? Exactly. Am I, did I learn something wrong? Mm. Or, you know, um, you, what kind of Catholic are you? Or No, I'm Catholic. Mm. Um, and you're trying to talk about the faith and the Trinity and mm. wow. It's sort of, so I think evangelization in the workplace is good. Having those comments, yeah. doing the apostolate. I'm working on that as and, well. And, you know, the wedding is even a tool for us to evangelize yeah. and to show 
everybody how beautiful the extra- extraordinary the Latin mass. can be. And so all the priests... Reception will be great, but it's really the mass. Who cares about reception? For <laughs> us, it's about the mass. It's and, about the whole sacrifice you know, that the mass. Was, That's always been my main focus, which is the liturgy. If I don't have a reception because of COVID, I don't care. Who cares? We have I the mass. <laughs> we have uh, the solemn... I just want the mass. <laughs> yes, the solemnity. That's all we care about. Yeah, exactly. So let's go over the three practical tools. Yeah. Before we go on our break. Sure. So all right, f- what do we have here? The first tool is to prepare not only for your wedding, but for your marriage overall. Yes. And I think we've had that discussion Practical throughout the one. evening tonight. So that should be self-explanatory. Yep. Um, so don't get hung up on the small details, like what color the your place cards are. Like if you ordered white and they came out cream, fine. You know, don't stress about that. Don't cry over things like that. Um, number two is, do you get what I'm saying? Or is that freaking you out? <laughs> yeah no no i think that's one that's one for the girls um yeah i mean talk to married couples about their experience so yes lately what have we been doing talking to married couples um we've been catching up with a lot of um people who are older than us older than us who have more experience than us and who have children because we were just very curious and you know we just like to kind of have dinner with people and um, maybe this is like the first time we've had dinner with them, but we like to get their insights and a lot of people like to give advice and we like to take advantage of that. Well, exactly. I mean, if you've been through <laughs> something, you're one to give advice. Yeah. If you've experienced something, you're at the forefront of something or... Some people... We're giving advice as much as we've experienced marriage. Break. No, but see, that's the thing. Some people run away from obtaining this advice, whereas we run to it. We like to hear what people say to yeah, about exactly. it. Yeah, Exactly. Like, who and else will qualify to give us advice other than people, people who are actually who've married? Experienced it, yeah. You know, exactly. it's it's funny. <laughs> you know, somebody at one workplace was actually trying to give me advice, and they'd been divorced twice. Sure. No, no, no judgment here, but really, mm. they're giving me advice on a happy well, marriage. That's the thing. Maybe they learned something. I think their advice could be that you know, had they learned something from their mistake. But mm. if you want to learn from uh, how to live a good marriage. Uh, have a good family, learn from people who at least, well, no one's perfect to start with, but learn from people who externally well, and by inquiring this in the is community. The thing. You, you have to be very discerning as to who you take that yes, advice from. Yes, that's very important. So even that if you do important. get advice from every single person out, out there, you have to be very cautious as to whose advice you actually implement in your life. You have to be very discerning about this. Because again, if you talk to 10 people, I think it's too much. Yeah. Because everyone still has their little bit of a nitty gritty exactly. opinion. So I think really people that you aspire to be like, who have similar personalities to you, which you should naturally surround yourself with yeah. on an ordinary level, which people you should gravitate have, towards. And it makes it easier if they've got the same viewpoints as you. And you can really see yourself being in a very similar position in like five, 10 years time. Exactly. So, pick one or two couples or three couples and yeah. learn from them and, and try to find, I think we'll go into the third practical tool mm. now. Um, find a good mentor. Yes. One of those people, <laughs> you could <laughs> zoom in on somebody who, let's say, has many more years of experience. Let's say an older couple in their 50s. I, I have a mentor who I catch up with. He's married with five kids. And uh, his kids, you know, doing a grade at school. You you don't know people's personal details, but again, Mm. he seems to be 
a, a good, balanced, loving father, great family, great, mm. uh, uh, what, at least what I aspire to, uh, to, you know, achieve. Yeah. So I receive that advice, that guidance based on someone who's, you know, in their later, in their mid, you know, middle-aged. Mm. So they've experienced 10, 20, 30 years of marriage. Mm. So they've seen the whole thing. But it's also good to offset that with people who've been married for five years and uh, uh, sort yeah. of millennials. Yeah. Because some of that, what they've experienced 30 years ago, may be different. Yeah. So you want to get that, you want to harmonize both. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you we want to hear what millennials are saying, but you want to be guided by someone we, with more experience. We do have friends with like very different experiences as well. And that's good to experience. Which makes it very like, which and like hearing, for us hearing the stories and really kind of seeing what it's like within their viewpoint. It's very interesting. And, you know, for us, we have our own strategies as well. So, And it's good to hear it, get some advice. Something works for you, might want to implement it, yeah, but you absolutely. think for yourself. Yeah, really. exactly. Excellent. And so that's, I think there's three very, very powerful tools that we can go by and we'll discuss more of it after the break. Sure. So... Now we'll take a break before we open the line to call in here with your comments or questions. The number is, so the magic number is to call in here with your questions regarding our marriage prep or any marriage prep advice um, or if you want to be pointing in the right direction. So call in 9625-6111, that is 9625-6111 or email us here at thecatholictoolbox at gmail.com or simply comment in any Facebook live streams and we'll get to your questions straight away. So stay tuned, we'll be back shortly. to another week on the Catholic Toolbox, The Art of Practical Catholicism. I'm your host and founder, Georgia Manassa, as we equip you with practical solutions to live your Catholic faith in our modern world of today. And we're continuing an interesting discussion about our personal marriage prep and marriage prep in general and marriage and moving out and uh, <laughs> other well, top miscellaneous topics. I hope people are finding this interesting. Exactly. So the Catholic Toolbox is also live for those tuning in with us on Kratios, which is Perusa Media's online radio. Yeah. And don't forget to get a copy of The Art of Practical Catholicism, my book, which I've published. It was released in December. So get a copy of The Art of Practical Catholicism written by myself, don't forget and um, get a copy for your friends and family. I think it will be a good instrumental tool, hopefully, to help people take action with their faith. And, you know, it's, a, it's got one for every day, 40 days, so it's the perfect Lenten. Lenten. I forgot about that myself. Yes. To read George's book. So it's 40 <laughs> practical topics, 40 topics of the faith, Yeah. It, given in a practical manner. It gives you suggestions, strategies on how to start how to get started, for instance, things like, you know, um, how to evangelize in your workplace, how to um, balance tradition in your mm. life with three practical tools. Yeah. So it's could, as if you're reading a book that could be your, with the radio. your spiritual reading for the whole Lenten season. So it could be one day, 40 days. Mm. Take the challenge, get my book, days. The Art of Practical Catholicism. Simply put it in Google and it will lead you 
you can get it online. You can get the ebook is now available especially. Oh, so yeah. go to perusiamedia.com. It's been published by Perusia Press. So get a copy of The Art of Practical Catholicism. Get started now in Lent. 40 days, 40 topics. Take action with your faith. So let's now continue because we now have an open line, I believe, to call in here with your questions or comments. And the number is, so if you want to call in here with your questions or comments, simply dial the number. The magic number is 9625-6111. That is 9625-6111. Or email us at thecatholictoolbox at gmail.com. Or simply and very easily comment in any of the Facebook live streams on Facebook. So EWTN Asia Pacific, uh, the Catholic Toolbox, Voice of Charity, any other pages. So let's continue our discussion on marriage prep. Yeah, sure. Yes. <laughs> what do you? Which part of marriage prep do you want to talk about now? All right, so we're we're up to class number two, and um, I think we're learning a lot theologically from Father. Yeah. Uh, but I really think there's a big limitation to marriage prep and, and people think marriage prep is this thing where it's going to prepare you for it's everything. magic and it's and you, by the time you're there's done there's nothing with it, to do yes that's it there's no ongoing <laughs> formation i think it's very wrong i think marriage prep shouldn't be a big shock to your system it should be we should always be going to spiritual direction be always yeah. under strong spiritual mentorship mm, which then goes into whatever phase of life we're in as a single person mm. getting married thinking of dating you know we should always be. But, you know, marriage prep should just simply be, okay, revising church's teachings, talking about marriage prep a little bit. But, you know, should be, should it be something new or shock to the system? And after you get married, there has to be that ongoing formation. Mm. I think what I've noticed sometimes, you know, with, uh, with whatever vocation you pursue, that we don't find too much ongoing formo- formation. Yeah. You know, even, you know, with... Uh, the priesthood, you know, sometimes with the diaconate, sometimes with any other vocation, sometimes there's no ongoing formation. Mm. We don't see it as much. Or maybe we come, we can get busy, especially with marriage. There isn't this talk of marriage, not preparation, but marriage formation after marriage. Okay. So we should always be going a spiritual direction. We should always be meeting up every month with our spiritual direction, talking about our marriage, how to improve, how to grow in it. Yeah. But, you know, in parishes, there's always, like, I'm always seeing posters of, like, you know, formation for your marriage and things like that. Maybe we haven't noticed it because we're not married yet. Yes. So. So I think that's a good thing. I think um, we need more. You know, I mean, Live Christ, Share Christ would have a few resources from what I could recall. Exactly. Um, I highly recommend you check them out. Live uh, Live Christ, Share Christ. Yeah. Yeah. uh, they do so have some resources things like that, available. you know, have a look at Perusia Media, what their um, digital or their um, book offerings are. Especially the con- Consecration there's, to St. Joseph. There's, yeah. Possibly. That's In very the series of St. Joseph, get a copy now of the Consecration to St. Joseph. The ebook is now available. Yeah. I highly recommend yeah, no, you do check that out. I've been praying to St. Joseph like crazy this year. So, exactly. You know. So it's the year of St. Joseph. He pulls Lent, through, man. He pulls through. Lent is... <laughs> I think they're going to kick me off. Uh, the Maronites are going to kick me off this radio. Oh, why? <laughs> I keep referring to Lent starting tomorrow. Oh, yeah, well, you know. Oh, I'm a bad Maronite. No, well. <laughs> I stand for yes. all the Roman rights. But, but I was just going to say, I was just going to say, um, so now starting with Lent, this is a golden opportunity. If you've started already on Monday, mm. just, just for the Maronites, but for the rest of the Universal Church, 
But Lent starting tomorrow is it presents an opportunity. So, okay, this is my question, and I know this will cause controversy within the Maronites, but if you guys have Ash Monday, so when's your Shrove Tuesday? There's Shrove. Oh well, apparently Cana Sunday, which is the okay. Sunday before, is the start of Lent. Okay. I hope I'm wrong. They might. <laughs> I hope I'm we wrong. We need to get fact checked later. I gotta get fact checked, but the, to my understanding, that is the case. So maybe Saturday. Okay. You enjoy your Saturday. Yeah. Okay, Fair <laughs> but we, we just ate a big meal. I think I'm still full. No, we literally. That's no, just staying me for the forty days. Yeah, that's, <laughs> we're we're good to go. Especially you know. meat. So, really, I think now, let has uh, will start tomorrow for the mo- most of the universal church. Hmm. This is a golden opportunity if you're preparing for marriage. And many people are. I mean, in the mid year, it's going to be mate. The marriage, the wedding industry is going to boom. The wedding industry is booming. Is booming year, at the moment, but mid year. And we we know that for a fact because when we were booking ours last year, we knew there was an influx from all the weddings that got cancelled from twenty twenty. Or delayed and everything. Yeah. yeah. So the reason why, I don't know. I feel like all the boys, all the men, just decided to buy like jewelry for their lady <laughs> and propose and get on one knee through COVID. They were so bored that they proposed. You know. Well, I think everybody just get you know a whole year is a long time. Yeah. So really, I do think uh, things got delayed and and things. Yeah, are being and pushed of through. course, people want to celebrate their big day with their families and um, things like that. So Lent presents an opportunity. Forty days, forty days, you can overcome a habit. Mm. Forty days, you can you know weight loss journey. You can really progress in your life well, in 40 look, days weight loss isn't really a virtuous way it's not a virtuous going thing, but about maybe Lent. it could be something which comes but, about it but i think that if you mix it with something spiritual like i'm losing weight to really focus on my health so i can serve the lord better i think exactly that Have might be a energy. better way of thinking about it exactly that's <laughs> correct that's correct um so preparing for these uh, for, for this time i think is crucial in, in the sense that we do take up more penance, more prayer, prayer yeah. penance. I have a feeling the penance is really going to kick in after the wedding. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, as as I just says, have a feeling. I just have a feeling. As Maria says, uh, don't say this person uh, annoys me. Say this person no, sanctified. I'm me. not saying that. But like if we're <laughs> the gateway for each other to heaven, then man, we're really in it. Yep. <laughs> and that includes every like good thing and annoying thing and uh it's the whole thing it's the whole uh, it, it's that wholeness of the person but really i think for most couples now who get married in the future this year lent is a great time yeah there won't be uh, ho- hopefully there won't be many people getting married during lent no one really gets well, married the, during the lent the church never really allowed it um, previously but i think there's dispensations now there's for dispensations a lot of things um, yeah for various reasons yes yeah but it does present a, t- a preparation a time of preparation for us and uh, sorry on fridays as well hey they, yes, ne- exactly. they never used to let people never marry used to on Fridays. Penitential because, day all year. Because Friday's round. a penitential day. Yeah. And Lent is a penitential time. I, oh my gosh. I remember one year on Facebook, secular wedding, but I saw someone get married on Good Friday. And I was like, no way. You did not just do that. 
well, it wasn't a good Friday for them, but he didn't know just uh, <laughs> but really what can we do to prepare and grow spiritually? Uh, the first tip I would give people to start uh, with some prayer modification, which would then uh, mm. open you up on that spiritual dimension. Yeah. Uh, uh, open the gears, spiritual gears further well, to receive the grace of God to then grow in virtue just, is just fasting. Like, just like the penitential of season of Lent allows us to really celebrate Easter. I feel like in marriage, you know, it could be something similar. So prayer, fasting and almsgiving. So, so fasting could be obviously on, on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. Good Friday. For the bare minimum. Um, but possibly increasing it, let's say, to an extra day, possibly yeah. every Friday. Yeah. Like it used to be implemented. Every Friday. I, I personally take up fasting every day mm. because I think I've just been accustomed to it. So yeah, you to, to do something differently, it would be, you know, no, I'm not saying it's at a higher level or anything, but no. I'm just used to it. So to really challenge myself, uh, keep it at... To you, to it's it anathema. Um, yeah. But anyway, to the rest <laughs> it's, of it's us, we're Lebanese like, way. yeah, well, yeah. you know, there's but other I things. But I think getting, uh, yeah, but reading myself food helps me, you know, cut back on the gluttony, mm. recharge, yeah. and increase some modification, which would then open up some gateway to virtue. Yeah. A bit more virtue. Mm. Second is adding a few extra things to my spiritual routine on yeah. a daily basis. Yeah. Such as, you know, Stations of the Cross on Good Friday, mm. meditating more on the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, mm. according to St. Alphonsus Liguori. Yeah. Um, adding an, a, a modification each day. One modification. Mm. Uh, and for me, that's progress. Mm. It doesn't have to be so much. It can be one or two things that you feel will, will make an impact. There shouldn't be something which aren't going to make a difference. You know, whether or not, mm. you know, oh, I fasted a bit or I didn't eat a Tim Tam, but then you make up for it by eating <laughs> by eating uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but something else. See, like in last Sunday's reading, if you don't do this to serve our Lord, to love our Lord, it's for nothing. Yes. You know, it's... It's about the intention, really. It's, it's not about really, the external. No. Yeah, and you, you just got to do it for the love of our Lord. Yeah. And you're, like, think about it. The way, the reason you're doing these penances is so that you can really celebrate the triumphantness in in easter and you know the biggest celebration of the year for us as catholics and you know it's kind of like you're depriving yourself you're really pushing yourself to um to abstain from something from eating something or from certain activities and um from things that you would usually enjoy um but you're doing this to to show the lord that you do love him and you know, you really want to celebrate with him when it's the time of feasting and celebrating. Like, I feel like every year when I don't go to, um, when I don't do my fasting properly and then Easter rolls around and I'm like, oh, we're lame. Like, it's the same old thing. But when I really push myself and I deprive myself of things because I love our Lord, when I get to Easter and I can eat that thing again, like me, like I can make my spag bowl, like, Oh my gosh, like the glory that you feel, like the graces and you just feel so accomplished in that sense. Yeah. But the thing is, I guess you don't want to push yourself off the pendulum. No, no, no. You, know, you don't want to go and then you, you, you 
you go gluttonous, you become gluttonous for the rest of the year, or you offset it with something. It needs to be a permanent change. Yeah, you know, there's no point. In re- Lent is about recharging ourselves, just like us. We, we would, let's say, get shredded, mm-hmm. as they say, mm. or, or grow, uh, or you know, build abs, or, or you know, work out, or. You know, I don't know my exercise terminology enough. <laughs> There's a reason why. Yeah. All right. Well, do you have uh, a, do you have any questions for from the audience tonight? We do have uh, Mary, who's emailed us through here, and asks, "Can you please share the most important lesson that you learned from your marriage prep with Father John?" Thank you very much, Mary, for your question. Well, I'll you start can, by asking. You can go first. Oh, I can go first. Yeah. Look, the most important lesson is that marriage is a commitment for life. Mm. You're committed for life. And the beauty of that is, you know, it's it, it comes, you know, with, with the entire, it comes with accepting and giving yourself to that entire person. And when we say the entire person, it's not the good days, you know, as our secular society promotes. It's not just, you know, the... The, the joyous times, you know, or the feelings, or the, <laughs> or, you know, whatever the the uh, the honeymoon period. It's not just that. It's the the whole person as a whole, you know, with their flaws, with their weaknesses, with the health, sickness, uh, joys, ups, downs, sorrows. That sounds oh too much for um for our secular Ooh. world. You know, we like uh, someone when they're. What about for you? Is that too much for you? Look, uh, it's. <laughs> <laughs> what do I say? <laughs> Can someone that call in here? <laughs> Can someone call in here and give me some, <laughs> some advice? Uh, but, you know, it, it's not easy. No. We're not here to say, oh, look, we are, yeah, we're ready for the challenge. We're ready to accept the challenge. Yeah. But we want to learn how to grow in the challenge. Yeah. It's not about, you know, having all the answers of being 100%. No one's 100% ready for tough times. Mm. You know, it's, it's really comparing it to the family that you're currently in. You belong to a family, let's say, with your parents. Mm. You're building that for yourself. Mm. That same commitment, that same bond. You're walking out of the bond with your parents and creating a new bond of that same trust, that commitment. That's the, the biggest thing I've learned now, that no matter what, uh, it's unconditional. Marriage is forever. Mm. Which mirrors, and what's the point of that? It really mirrors the love of God. Yeah. Every sacrament mirrors the love of God. Otherwise, it has no purpose. You know, it's shocking uh, the other day you know, at work, we're having a discussion about, you know, marriage and the point of, you know, dating. And, uh, and, and you know, some people in the second world who are out of faith, it, their perspective is just uh, that marriage is certain when you date. Mm. really but mm. but who on a human level but then you know asking questions coming to the agreement we all agree that yes you know the eventual and the highest way is to give yourself entirely to a person mm. uh, in that commitment where there's no walking out no matter what mm. giving yourself entirely it's that undivided commitment mm. that's what I uh, uh, well I knew that before but you learn it again yeah learning is not just about uh, you not knowing of course, we knew half most of the stuff, but mm. you you learn it anew. You learn it from a different dimension, mm. not just in terms of the piece of knowledge, the fact. Yeah, yeah. You learn it from the, that. That's what I took from it, really, yeah. so far. 
Mm, so far. It's Class only, two. I mean, it's only two out of five. Yes. Um, we're not even halfway through. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of things from Father John that has been very insightful and things that I never even considered. So like I mentioned before, just the graces that f- overflow um, when you get married. And then obviously George did go through um, with with expanding that conversation with the legalities of the grace. Um, so <laughs> the canon law. I, that's what I remember. But <laughs> what asking I took, a million technical what scenario I took out questions. of it <laughs> is that there's so much grace that God is just waiting to give you um, through that sacrament. You, you were taking which, notes. I was taking notes. I was notes, just talking. And you were just, yeah. And, you know, well, we approach it in different ways. <laughs> so that's okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, from the second lesson that Father John was saying, it, he was just saying it's better to stick together. And, you know, marriage, I, I'm going into it knowing that not every day is going to be perfect. And But not every day is perfect now. No, exactly. And That's what should assure people that, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's doable. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that, man, you know, it's manageable. I believe it, it, your, your attitude before marriage is what predetermines everything. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Before, uh, people see this divided world between mm. single life and married life. Yeah. Maybe you're doing something wrong on the civil, single life. Mm. You know, if you're partying, this living wildlife, not saving, not being responsible. And they see marriage as this boundary where I've got to now. Yeah. Can't see the boys Whereas, anymore. Can't do anything anymore. What are you doing here? <laughs> Whereas the Catholics... Um, what, how do we see it? It shouldn't be such a huge transition. No, but we see it as something like your you vocation. Know, we're already living our vocation. We're already living as yeah. if we're in our vocation. Yeah. You know, someone who's not entered the seminary yet should be living the same way as if they know to a certain degree that they'll be entering the seminary, mm. should be living as if they were a priest. Yeah. Obviously without the sacrament, <laughs> administering yeah. the sacraments. Yeah. No, but... I understand what you're saying, but it's the same, like in in marriage, like one of the things that I really did take away from that was, you know, it's better to stick together and don't give up on the other person. So Mm. no matter how bad your day, your week, your month, your year has been, it's still better to do, to stick together because, you know, at the end of the day, your partner's for life and you're in this Mm. together, how... Cliche, and communication that, is key. That cli- communication that COVID is cliche. Key. I know I'm bringing it in, but it's um, you know you really you're not doing your life by yourself anymore. You're doing it with someone else. Look, here's a question: Would your mother walk out on you? No. Okay, that same commitment there should be the same that should be translated into your spouse. Yeah. It needs to be that same. If, that's why you got to learn it from your family. Yeah. And you bring and that to your family. But that's ve- that's something that's wonderful that. Child, not every children can experience though. Exactly. Which is sad in this world. It but, is sad in those situations. But again... But if you if you have been fortunate enough to have been in a family where you've grown, you, where you've had a beautiful childhood, I mean, that's something that, you know, I'm sure that you would want to pass on forward to your future children as well. So, look, uh, we, we have a comment here on Facebook Live uh, through EWTN from Agnes. And Agnes says... Marriage is not just a contract which can be rescinded. Uh, it's called a covenant. It is something given, and when something is given, it cannot be taken back. And that's what makes marriage unique. And that's absolutely true. Thank mm. you very much, Agnes, for your comment here on Facebook Live. Be sure that when you do comment on Facebook Live, we will pick this up immediately and uh, we'll reflect it live here. So please comment. Feel free. Jump in. Uh, through EWT and Asia Pacific, yeah. uh, the Catholic Toolbox, Voice of Charity Australia, 
uh, Perusia, please send through your yeah. comments. And that was something that Father John did um, elaborate on as that well. That it's a covenant. Yeah. It's a co- What's the value? This is a real question in my own reflection. What's the value of marriage? You can just walk out. What gives that value? If there is no sacrifice during the hard times. Mm. Anyone can stay for a good... Yeah. Even a friend, forget about marriage. Anything in life, anything's good during the easy times, great times. But what kind of a friend are you during the tough times? Mm, exactly. That's what determines, uh, that's a litmus test for true friendship, mm. for true loyalty to your country during a war. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's litmus test. Tough times are a litmus test to everything. Yeah. And I can't stress that more. That is the litmus test. So... You know, in marriage, get ready to embrace tough times. Yeah, absolutely. Work it together. That's the whole point. What's What's the point if you can't work together during tough times? Yeah. That's the real preparation. Yeah. And that, you know, you have a disagreement, you have something that's bothering you, talk it out. Mm. I think break the ice in conversation. Yeah. Most couples and, you know, talk about the issue, compromise, go back, reflect, and then come back, agree, and then move forward. Mm. That's it. Don't Don't build grudges strategize i think if we live like that your friendships will succeed hmm. your marriage will succeed your career will succeed Absolutely. everything will everything will be and again success doesn't mean it's always going to be lovey-dovey no happy clappy no. <laughs> uh, no but really we have to be real yeah. i think um several psychologists friends of mine um chatting with them i think the way People are raised today seems to be that, you know, we always teach kids, you know, expect the good. Everything is always going to be good. It's going to be good. I want to raise my kids knowing that everything, you know, don't expect anything good uh, all uh, all the time by default. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, uh, you know, things are blessings, but it's not always going to be good. And prepare for those tough times. Because if you're prepared for the tough times, you'll be pleasantly surprised. Mm. You know, and, and they do, a lot of, many psychologists do believe that, you know, that's what's causing a lot of depression, anxiety. People can't cope because they're expecting everything to be good, lovey-dovey. And then, uh, you know, sometimes when they hit it a rock bottom, through. they're a bit of a crisis. But again, this is not any um, psychological advice or any professional advice. Please, we do uh, recommend you, if you're experiencing any um uh, struggles do seek the relevant professional advice. This does not count as professional advice at all. Just yeah. a disclaimer. Of course. Yes. <laughs> no, we're we're barely trying to scratch the surface here. On we're not scratching issues. the surface. Just um, a disclaimer. Yeah. Exactly. So really, I think we learned a lot tonight. You know, there's there's so much to discuss. <laughs> we're enjoying marriage prep. We're learning. We're learning things from a different dimension. And now, I think we can wrap up with three practical yeah, tools. Definitely. So what were the three practical tools that we can wrap up with for the night? Um, hold on, I forgot them. One second. So I remember the third one was find a mentor. Find a mentor. I think it's important. And that mentor should be where you aspire to be. Therefore, marriage. Yeah. So find someone who's married that you... Maybe not your parents because sometimes as a mentor, we're talking about a mentor to guide you. You can learn from your parents, but you need someone that's independent because mm. uh, parents sometimes have their own little influence. We yeah, all do. But we all need insights Find from someone different, independent. different areas Find as well. someone independent and then learn from them, learn from their family, let them guide you a little bit, mm. catch up with them once, a minimum once a month. Yeah. And learn from them, get some advice and from them. From finding a mentor, that means that you will be able to have a couple to talk to about their previous experiences as well. Yeah. Um, and so that was tool number two. And then we're going back to one, which is prepare 
not only for your wedding day, but for your entire marriage. Exactly. The wedding day is easy and sure, it should be a great day. The liturgy should be beautiful. The reception should be beautiful to signify what's to come. Yeah. You know, not, oh, this is the end of my single life and, you know, whatever. This it's is the, a beautiful start. occasion and don't panic if the things that you ordered came out in one shade darker. Yep. Like, literally just embrace the day for what it is and what you're going to remember is the happy moments. Exactly. So, and I believe... Live now, if you discovered your vocation, what you're called to, live now as if you're in that vocation. Absolutely. Like, for instance, that's why I took the action now to move out. Even though, you know, we still have four four months, four and a half months to go. It's good for me to prepare as if, you know, I'm already married. Obviously not living together. No. But, uh, you know, do my washing, do my clean. Things that, you know, we do around the house anyway. Get Get prepared in that way. Yeah. And live just to be prepared and teaching uh, you how to cook a little bit. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I knew how to go. I just didn't cook. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, learning new things, uh, be uh, logistical as well. Pray together, but again, talk about finances, uh, yeah, logistics, absolutely. cleaning. How would you do this? How would you arrange this? We need to have all those blended discussions. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All Solid right. night. Okay. We've got more coming. <laughs> Don't worry. We've got more coming <laughs> next month. So be We've sure to got- subscribe. No, we've still got four months until we get married. Exactly. So the Catholic Toolbox podcast. Don't forget that you can access the Catholic Toolbox podcast and any podcast platform that you use. So download the Catholic Toolbox podcast from the Apple iTunes, Android, any other platforms. Be sure to rewatch this episode on YouTube uh, or on Facebook Live if you have missed out on this episode live. So thank uh, thank you for tuning in to the Catholic Toolbox the art of practical Catholicism. I'm your host and founder, George Manassa. Until next week, God bless, take care, and take action. In this era of grave spiritual crisis, it is not enough to simply know about your Catholic faith. That is why we need a Catholic toolbox to equip us with the practical skills necessary to live our Catholic faith to reach our ultimate goal, which is heaven for all eternity. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Join us every Tuesday night at 8pm for the Catholic Toolbox as we hand you the tools to go forth, live the faith and change our modern world today. Live on The Voice of Charity.